I'll tell you what, one of the first questions I asked was uh, if I was going to have to wear Hawaiian shirts like some other people I know. But instead, uh, I could keep my plaids, and so I broke out in stripes today. It'll work. Um, Before I start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have made, that you have given to us. And like everything else that you have made, it is good. And I pray, Father, for good to come throughout this day to each of us as we walk on the path that your, you have ordered for our feet. I pray this morning that you will use me. I present myself as your vessel. I call forth for the anointing of God to be upon me, to speak not only to others, but to speak to me. Father, anoint our ears to hear, and may we bless you, Father, and bring you glory and honor in the sweet, holy name of Jesus. Um, when I found out that I was going to speak, before I could even wonder, well, what am I going to speak on, the Lord just said, so... And I was going like a sewing. I said, that's Audrey's division there, sewing. And he says, no, sew. So, okay, sew and sewing. So, so I came up with some titles that I could put to this. One of them was, so, or, so what? <laughs> or, you so-and-so. <laughs> but the, I like the one that, I guess I'm going to try to go far is, so far, so good. Okay? okay? You like that one. All right. So we're going to try. We're going to, we're going to throw some seeds out this morning. Now, if, you, if you're probably like I've been, when someone talks about sowing, we usually think of somebody taking an offering for a missionary uh, to do send something to a foreign country or something like that, you know, finances. We're going to sow into their ministry. We're going to do this. Or we think of, you know, the, the special uh, parable that Jesus used uh, talking about sowing in the, in, the, in the seeds and things like this. But God has impressed upon me that sowing is much bigger than that. Sowing is important to God. In fact, in Deuteronomy 28 and 15, when he's laying out the law to the people, using Moses to lay out the laws, and he starts talking about the blessings of God, that if you do these things, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. But if you do these things, I'm going to curse you, or you're going to curse yourself, in other words. Okay, in Deuteronomy 28 and 15, he starts out and says, But if you do not obey the Lord your God by carefully following all his commands and statutes I am, that I'm giving you this day, all these curses will come and overtake you. He's giving us some things here. Now, if we go now on to Deuteronomy, the 28th, go down a further there on the bottom, 38. And you wonder how I'm going to, 38 and um, through 42. It says, you will sow, this is the curse part now, much seed in the field, but harvest little. 
Because locusts will devour it. You will plant and cultivate vineyards, but not drink the wine nor, or gather the grapes, because worms will eat them. You will have olive trees throughout your territory, but not anoint yourself with oil, because your olives will drop off. You will father sons and daughters, but they will not remain yours because they will be taken prisoner. Whining <laughs> insects. Boy, that sounds like some people. Worrying. Worrying. I don't have my glasses on, so I should have had in Braille. You know, it's like it just, okay. Okay. I was looking at word for that. Okay. Whirling insects. I thought it was whining ones. I said, hmm, yeah will take possession of all your trees and your land's produce. Going back to sowing. If you're going to sow under the curse, these are things that's going to happen. It's time to look at our lives, people. Time to look at our lives. Now, Job, continuing with the evil part, in 4.8, talking about, talking about sowing there. Oh, I might have left that one off. You you are forgiven, sister. There is no problem. <laughs> In my experience, those who plow injustice and those who sow trouble reap the same. Wonder why this is happening to me. Hmm? Have you ever thought that? Why is this happening to me? Hmm. Okay. Proverbs eleven and eighteen, trying to cheer you back up here. says, the wicked man earns an empty wage, but the one who sows righteousness, a true reward. Mm, begin to see a pattern here. Do ugly and get ugly. Do good, get good. Okay? Now, how, how can we be that way? Well, and, and really, how much does this really mean to Jesus? Let's look in uh, at one of his parables, Matthew 13, and, uh, third verse through the ninth verse. He says, uh, Then he told them many things in parables, or those little stories, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds and came and ate it up. Others fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much soil, and they sprang up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. Still others fell on good ground and produced a crop. Some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Anyone who has ears should listen. Note that last line. Anyone who has ears should listen. So that must mean this is important. It's important. It's important. 
Now, back up a little bit there where it talks about some sow 100, some sow 60, some sow some 30 times what was sown. Just remember that. It talks about degrees of reaping what's sown. Now, also let's go now to Mark 4, 3 through 9. Listen! Like that first word, it's an exclamation point. Listen! In your face. Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, this occurred. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up right away since it did not have deep soil. When the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it didn't have a root, it withered. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and didn't produce a crop. Still others fell on a good ground and produced a crop that increased 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. Then he said, anyone who has ears to hear should listen. Would you give me Mark 24, please, 4 and 24? A little bit further down, this happens. That's Mark 24 and 24. And the winner is, Then, then he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured and added to you. Now, he didn't say what it was, did he? But he did say, pay attention. He said again, if you have ears, you need to listen. He also said, listen. So he's making a point. This is something important. Now, I'm not going to go into the, the particular stories that, that, uh, that the parables talked about. Because if you're like me, you've pretty well heard them time and time and time again. And I encourage you, though, to bring them back out and, and read them again and encourage yourself in them. But the point I'm trying to get is that sowing is important. Uh, go to Matthew 4 and 33. Yes, ma'am. He, he, he'd been given these parables about sowing the farmer the seeds the birds eating the seeds and he would say that and at the end of saying these parables it said he would speak the word to men to them with many parables like these as they were able to understand parables like these not only did he use lots of parables but if you go through and, and check many of his parables probably 90% of them, you can relate it some way to sowing and reaping. Giving out, putting it out, or it coming in with situations. I want you to get your mind this morning upon ways that we sow. The first one, of course, is money. Now, I don't know if y'all are getting a bunch more calls because of the economic times, but I'm getting a lot of calls from a lot of charities wanting money. And if you ever give to one of them, they share your name with a list of thousands. That's right. 
Let me tell you, I didn't realize there were so many Indian Relief. There's the Southwest Indian Relief Fund. There's the Indian Council Relief Fund. There is the Navajo Relief Fund. There's the Indian Children's Relief Fund. I thought I'd pretty well gone through most of those. And I've had three and four just the Indians calling me in a week. Yesterday, I, I received the ultimate one. And it was the one from the outreach to help Indian animals for the dogs and the cats of Indians. Because they said that many of the, uh, that rabies was going around and many of the dogs were biting the Indians and children and people and they were needing to have these animals inoculated and neutered and etc. You know, so that joy will be back upon the reservations and things like this. Well, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm glad that I had this speaking engagement booking on my mind because I wanted to, you know, keep everything nice and sweet and try to be as holy as I could the days before, especially the hours before I spoke because I didn't want anything to hinder me. Are you ever like that? Because I would have told them. You know what I wanted to tell them? Get somebody with a gun and it won't cost very much and shoot those dogs and they won't get rabies. And shoot those cats. Pharaoh, I'll send him. He would love that. Might not hit very many, but he would love shooting at them. So, so you know, we, we, uh, we are just being a bunch of things coming at us wanting monies and to give monies. And bless my mom's heart, she, if anybody ever asked her to give something, she had to give something. And Audrey will tell you what I'm telling you is the truth. Every day... In the mail, because we had a, I used to take care of her mail after every day in the mail, she would get from eight to ten charity requests. Her mailbox would be that thing, just charity request. And poor old mom, she would sit there and she she might send them five dollars. She had to give them something, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. And so she had mail going out, and the more she sent out, the more she was sowing, the more she was reaping. And, you know, and I thought, well, mom, bless her heart, mom's trying to do good. I guess she's trying to prepare as she's getting older to make sure that she's doing everything she can when she stands before the Lord knowing that she's blessed everybody she could. But the Lord rebuked her. What? The Lord rebuked my mom for giving, just giving for the sake because she felt from her that, oh, I need to do this. He wanted her to ask him who do I give it to and I made that point to you now you will see people side the road that are pitiful some of them are cons and 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 not only that you're going to receive things in the mail that are scandals and, and and all kind of things to take and for money to be used in the wrong way God knows people this is why we need to be in tune with him and pray about it before you leave it or send it. You need to pray about, it. God, do I give to this one? And I used to would help, try to help people. They would come to me, whatever, and I would at least fill it around and find something and give it to them, you know. But when, when, when God rebuked my mom, I said, well, let me start checking into this thing. So I started praying. And I've had people that, that since then that I've, I've wanted to help, but the Lord said, No. We are the stewards of his, yeah, 
of his money, of his resources that he's given to us. And rather than us walking in our own understanding, which is called presuming, and that kind of ties in with being presumptuous, and presumptuous can lead to presumptuous sins, where we automatically, well, I know this, without even bothering asking God. It sounds good to me. But in order to get away from that, we need to get in contact with the Lord and ask him what he's saying about the matter. When we're giving people, we don't need just to give because, well, it's, we've always done this. I, I, have you ever been, well, most of us probably have, that's why we're here, been through church problems. <laughs> and yet you had to stay faithful even though the church was basically dying before your eyes, but you were still giving all your tithe and all your money into it. Because you felt obligated, because you had to and you needed to, because this is the way it's always been done. People, we have a greater responsibility now of putting our money and things into good ground. Just like a farmer. If I'm going to go out on the farm there where I am, we've got some soil that's sandy, some that's kind of marshy, and some just right. So I try to make sure that the right seed go into the right soil. It would be stupid for me to get some expensive seed and sow it into some soil that's not good. That's why it's important. Pray about it. Now, there are a lot of ministries, ministries out there that need our support because it's good ground. And when I say it's good ground, they're bringing forth a harvest. You can read about it. You can hear about it. And that's where we need to put our money. These others that are, are, are failing, think about it. I, I like what kind of what Kenneth Copeland said one time. Kenneth Copeland said, if someone's on TV begging for money, so they're going to shut us down if we don't get your money, send it in. He says, let them shut them down. If they don't have enough faith to trust God to provide, don't jump on board and agree with them. Save your money. Put it into good ground. So when we're sowing people, that's a point I want to make, especially money or whatever. Make sure it's good ground. It's good farming sense to do that. Now also when you are giving your money, now if you're like, I was raised, you give to the Lord. Lord loves a happy, a cheerful giver and, and, and this. You just kind of take it out and throw it in the offering plate and just thank the Lord and he takes it from there. But I'm going to tell you something, people. I have learned to name your seed. Ooh, I'm beginning to sound like Oral Roberts. Huh? <laughs> I've learned a lot from the Lord. I've learned a lot from reading. And something that I, that I have learned to do is when I've read something in the past, I try it just to see if it's going to work. And if it works, guess what? I stay with it. If it doesn't work, well, I'll pass it on. Maybe that's for somebody else. But you need, we need to learn to name our seed. If you have a need, you need to name it. Father, I'm giving you this special offering because I need this to happen. Audrey will attest to it two years in a row. She has sown a financial seed. It was just a little offering. She put an offering plate, but she named it. She says, God, I'm giving you this. 
in order that my children, when it comes time in the classroom to make well on the test, that they will do well on the test, that I will trust you to take this matter and make it good. And Audrey, what happened? Sure did. <laughs> God did well. And he will do it. If you have a need, name it. When, you, you know, when, when we bring our tithes to the Lord, we give our tithes to the Lord, and I say, God, I thank you because this is my, my tithe. And your word says that if I pay my tithes, Lord, that you will open the windows of heaven and you will pour me out a blessing I won't be able to contain. And Father, you know all my needs, and so therefore, God, I'm giving you my tithe. Then when it comes to giving offerings, I start naming it. God, I'm going to give to this so-and-so ministry because, Lord, I desire to see this happen. I'd been doing that many times when we were looking for a place. When we were looking for a place and trying to keep a place, I took it before the Lord because I said, Lord, I know it's not your will that I just be all bothered and anxious because the word says be anxious for. Oh, but church thinks it's okay to be anxious about. Your family members, it's okay to be anxious about those, you know, because those are right with you, you know, right? No. The word says no thing, nothing. And in order, in order for us to be confident, then we need to be able to being humans, we have to kind of see it to kind of better believe it or do it when we're doing something. God knows this. This is why he, a lot of times he calls us into fasting, people. Fasting doesn't really make God say, oh, you're obligated. No. Fasting conditions us. Have you ever fasted before you had to do something? Did you feel more confident because you had fasted? Yes, because you had done something. You had given something. You had named something, in other words. When you name your seed, it just reassures you that God is going to do and God's going to take care of it. That's the point. Remember that now, people. Remember that. Now, you, you say it's kind of stupid, but I'm going to say this. If you do not respect what you sow, if you don't respect, in other words, oh, it's just $5. If you don't respect it, why should God respect it? Well, he knows my heart. Sure he does. Sure he does. But you know what? The Word says... <laughs> By the mouth and in the tongue is blessing and cursing, life and death. So he likes for us to speak it. You don't think he already knows what you're going through, so why should we bother praying? Well, God, you already know what I'm going through, so I don't have to pray to you. You're all-knowing. You know how it's going to work out anyhow, so therefore, just I just give you myself, Lord. I'm not going to worry about praying about it. That's not important since you know everything. No, he wants us to walk in the authority that he has made us. We are his agents that he has given authority to upon this earth. And he wants us to walk in it. And the more specific we can be, the better. Because it takes a little bit more faith to be specific than it does to be general. God, I want you to bless all the missionaries on the field. 
Instead, you know, but he wants us to be specific too. Lord, I'm, I want you to bless Brother Heflin. I want you to bless Brother Bonham. I want you to bless, call him out by name. How much more, even though we take the shortcut. God, I want you to bless all my brothers and sisters there at Providence. How much better is it not to say, Lord, I want you to bless Jay. I want you to bless Jeanette and Lloyd. I want you to bless uh, Angie. And just call that, call that name. You're being specific. You're naming your seed. You're naming your prayer. And that God honors that because it takes a little more time. And anything we give to God honors him. Especially when we don't have to do it. Anything we give to him. Make that point and remember that. Remember also he said, you ever heard... Um, if you do not respect what you sow, if whatever, just whatever, then you're going to get whatever. Yeah, it'll be blessed, but you'll get whatever. Have you ever heard somewhere in the Bible where it says, ask of me? Why would he bother doing that if he didn't want to name it? Now think about it, people. Didn't want to name it. Okay, uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, please, ma'am. Note this one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. What is your substance? You're naming it. <laughs> You're naming it. You're naming your offering. You're naming your prayer. You're getting down to business. The word says right there, now faith, now faith is. Now, your faith is for the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me tell you, when Audrey sowed her gift for those higher test scores for those youngins in school, she sowed her seed. I'll tell you what, the evidence of things not seen, because I know I'd heard her come home many times saying, oh, these kids, I don't know if they'll ever get it. But yet, she had to zero in and focus and sow and help bring things about. Speaking those things that are not as if they're going to be, as I was aimed at the word. When it came to faith, and, and, and I've shared this before, but I'm going to read it one more time here. God will, will teach you many things. And, and I'm going to say this. It's important for each of us as God reveals things to us. To share them with others. Like I'm fixing to share this with you. Because it's impossible as much as Brother Keith tries to study and look and listen and learn. He can't get all the revelation that God would love for us to have. Therefore, he'll come over here to Brother Jim and give Brother Jim some revelation about something. Or Jay. Or Angie. Kirk. That he'll share. How much more if we can do this? It's like having, what did I say, two heads are better than one? We need to be open to the revelation that God begins to show us and begin to teach us. I was uh, uh, riding down the road, going to Waycross, do a visitation. And on the way, the Lord spoke to me and says, uh, there's two kinds of faith. And I said, oh, really? Because I was looking, and he says, yeah, look out there. And I saw the pecan trees, and I said, oh, yeah, I've planted some of those. It takes a long time for those babies to grow. 
Yeah, in fact, it's almost like the first the generation before us playing the ones we have today. It's almost like that because it takes so long for them. And he says, you know, there's two kinds of faith. There is the mustard seed faith when you throw the little mustard seeds out and go back next week and they are little, those little rascals are coming up. And you can go out there and you can almost get a mess within just uh, two or three weeks. And he says, and then there is the pecan tree faith, which it takes a little longer, a longer while. But hang on, hang on, pecans will come. And they will. And he even gave me a, 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 an instance that I was dealing with at the time. I was going through it at the time. And that was dealing with a church band. I had wanted to have a church band because I was a praise and worship leader at VT. And uh, we had instruments. But I wanted to have trumpets and saxophones and other things like that. And the Lord was blessing because we started recruiting all the kids going in that we were in band recruiting them. Natasha started writing out transposing music for them and we had them playing as the choir was singing. Honey, it was something. It was glorious. We could rock the place. We even had two tubas at one time. How many churches have a tuba? <laughs> He's playing. We had two of them. I mean, it, it would vibrate you too. You know. And God was saying, because for so long, for so many years, I envisioned it, even as, as a young teen, of, of, of a band being in church. I mean, it's just, wow. And the Lord brought it and said, that's peak entry, Faith Wayne. That's what you had wanted. That's what you had believed for, for a long time. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. So people, you, you may be going through things. You may be sowing things, and you're sowing. It may, you may see immediate results, or it may take a while. Continuing on there in Psalms 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. And know that word, delight. I know I prayed this prayer one time. We were wanting a church bus. And I said, God, you got to give us one. And I read this verse, and I said, well, hey, Lord, we, are, we really would like to have, a, that's our heart's desire, like to have a church bus. And I didn't know what else to do, except I got up immediately from praying, and I jumped up and down and said, praise the Lord, I'm delighting myself in you, Lord. I'm delighting myself in you. I don't know how to do it, but, Lord, I'm delighting myself in you. And within a couple of weeks, we had a church bus. So God, God had to, I guess, do that, so I was, still believe that verse. If we'd missed it and not gotten the bus, I probably would not even come to that verse, but. But it works. It works, people. Going right along with 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not out of regret or out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Going back to that delight thyself, cheerful. Hmm, is there somehow related there? But look at this now in the eyes of a sower. Each person should sow as he has decided in his heart. Not out of regret or I'm just giving out of necessity. Oh, I, I should have given more, so I'll give. A, for God loves a cheerful giver. When we sow, we need to have the two to go along with it. God's wanting us to be cheerful givers. And, and it will happen. Every, every one of us know the, the, the verse, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Y'all heard that right. My people pack, you know, perish for lack of knowledge. Now, if 
God's not going to be specific. If I get down the encyclopedias and I learn facts and learn all about the nations of the world and all the different tribes and things like this, that's knowledge. Are the people perishing because they don't know all the facts about Afghanistan? No. It's specific knowledge, which is that knowledge is of his word and his ways. This is part of that naming people, not that whatever spirit anymore. Oh, whatever. Or so. (laughs) No. So far, but so good. So good. Remember, we need to pray to God. We need to be specific as we can. Not just anything, God. Can you imagine a farmer? I can just I can just imagine what would happen if I went down there to Jessup Milling Company. I do a lot of business with them and do things, whatever. And, and I go in there and say, uh, uh, just give me $100 worth of seed, please. They look at me like, well, what kind do you want? Oh, seed, seed. Give me some seeds. You want watermelon seeds? You want cantaloupe seeds? You want okra seeds? You want bean seeds? Corn seeds? What kind of seeds? Oh, no, give me $100 worth. When you're throwing your money in the offering, people, (laughs) name your seed. Lord, I want to be debt-free. God, I want a better job. Now, I know y'all looking at me like, but I'll tell you what, God cares for you and me. Probably one of the strongest, well, I used to think the strongest love that I ever could encounter here upon this earth was the love of a mother. Sounds like a Mother's Day message, right? But I think I found one even greater than that one. And that's a grandmother's love. <laughs> I'm telling you, those grandmothers, when you, if you do it, I don't understand. Especially, I can tell you, with Audrey, mm, she loves her children and she'll fight for them, but she'll kill you over her grandyoungest. <laughs> Now, I know how, how much love that Audrey, she's overlooked so much and she's whatever with all this. But I'm telling you what, we have a loving God that has a greater love than a grandmother's love. He has a greater love for us than a grandmother's love. And he wants for us to have good things. He wants our needs to be met. Sure, he wants us to have experience and, and, and learn to be enduring and persevere and things like this. But he's promised our needs would be met. But, but he also blessed people in the Bible who went through some tough things. David, Abraham, Job. We can relate with all those things. But can we relate also with the blessings that these people walked in? And where it says, you have not because you ask not. And yes, not because it's whatever. And, and we, you know, we take on that thing, just enough, Lord, to get me by where I won't steal and be a thief. Don't give me any more than that, but Lord, just don't let me starve to death and I'll be happy. God's called us for greater things. We need to have our minds set on him so that we can do things for him. And we need to sow, next, next category there after monies and things, is to sow our lives into others. I know uh, when the kids came up, we started them right on into piano lessons 
when they were able to, when they knew their alphabet, when they knew their, their letters, we put them on into music lessons. And we put them in that for the reason of them being raised to bring glory to the kingdom of God. And Audrey was very faithful because she had to go up there and pick them up each day. After le- get them to the lessons, pick them up after lessons, and take care of that all the time. And she was very faithful. All the time, she was investing all the time that she put into that. We were investing our money that we were putting in that for God to bring forth. Bring forth for the kingdom of God to be blessed. And I give God the glory for what he's been able to do on that, people. And I tell you that so that you see, Jump on the bandwagon. Do it. Do it. If you don't have children, get your grandchildren. I'm going to jump right here and, and, and tell this. My son Josh is not, not very coordinated. And uh, he never wanted to play the drums. I, I, I wanted to be a drummer. We needed a drummer at church, and I wanted him to be a drummer. We had, uh, but God would give us people to drum, and, and I wanted a drummer. And Josh didn't want really to drum at the time. And he wanted to play tuba, so he went and played tuba and stuff. So the time came that we needed a drummer. And I was fixing to start as worship leader at VT in about two weeks' time. And I had a set of drums. I set them up in the living room, and I said, Josh, you're going to play drums. And he says, well, I'll do my best, Dad. And so I take my anointing oil. That's why I believe in it, people. I believe in it. I took that anointing oil, and I anointed his little head. I said, come here, boy, and his hands and his feet. And I said, jump on the drums and practice, boy. And I'll tell you what, it sounded like a Model T trying to. It was terrible. It was terrible. I just I couldn't stay around it. But when I come in there and hear him just, boom, bam, boom, bam, no rhythm. I said, oh, God. I just get the anointing oil and anoint him. I'm sewing. I'm sewing. Sometimes I can tell you, Lord. I had, by that time, my niece was playing piano at VT when I was leading worship and stuff. And she came over to the house, and uh, somehow she found out Josh was supposed to play drums. And she came up to me, and she says, Josh was in there, bam, boom, boom, and it was oh, it was terrible. She says, Uncle Wayne, um, is Josh really going to play drums at church? And, and I, I just said, I went and mean, got the oil. I said, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Anoint him some more. I don't know how, many, how much oil I use on that boy. But within two, two weeks' time, and even up to the day, the Saturday night before the Sunday morning <laughs> performance, I guess you could call it, Joshua's room, I said, oh, God, oh, God. I was about out of oil, about out of hope. About out of my mind, but trusting God because I'm sowing into my knowledge that God is faithful. Sunday morning, <laughs> this is the truth. I thought I should think. And the people that were. I started leading praise and worship, and those drums kicked in. Bam! I looked back there to see who it was. <laughs> and it was Josh just to playing away. I'm telling you, he was hitting it just to play. I mean, he looked like a professional. And I'm going, God. Well, I tell you what, it just did something for me. It made me want to dance that much more. Because <laughs> I was seeing a miracle before my eyes. And it kept. It kept on. It just didn't stop with them, you know, with that just little hit Sunday morning. It just took off in the boy. 
He was so good that Sunday morning and Sunday night that this guy who attended church there came up to me and he said, you reckon Josh will give me drum lessons? <laughs> and I was saying, son, I think you need some oil. <laughs> now, the Lord says, he tells us stupid things. We do stupid things to confound the wise. Well, it's okay. I'll do stupid stuff. I'll make a fool out of myself. I will, as long as it gets the results. Okay? And get the results that I need from God. That's why I don't want to hold back from what the Lord has. Now, think about the old warriors that sowed into your life. I'm not talking about old warriors. I'm talking about the old preachers, the old Sunday school teachers, and your folks and your parents that sowed into your life and taught you those Bible stories Sunday after Sunday and stayed with you and hung with you and told you until you know you knew about everything you could know about things. Well, I'll tell you what, they stirred and hit a chord in me. I was really dedicated. By the time I was 10 years old, I was sold out to the Lord. So much so that I baptized all my cats because I wanted them to go to heaven. I was serious. I, did, I didn't want anything not to go to heaven. So I baptized my cats. There were a couple of them I couldn't catch, so I had to spray them with the water hose. Made Methodist out of them. <laughs> but I made sure they were baptized because I took what was sown in me and started trying to put it into operation, people. I also, the David, David and Goliath almost got me because there was a, we, when I was in sixth grade, there was a bully on the playground. I didn't have a slingshot or smooth stones, but I had a baseball bat. And I believe so much in it that I was fixing to anoint his head with wood. Give him a wooden shampoo. But fortunately, the, the teachers were able to stop me. Stop the move of God. <laughs> but, but I did confront him, and it did work. So the Bible stories that we're teaching our children, tell them to start putting them in operation you know, the right way. And anoint them and believe. So into their lives. So into their lives, people. Something that we're doing here, and I'm going to tell you what you're doing. I appreciate all the people that are, are supporting our bookstore. Because we charge just a little bit over what it costs us for the books and materials. Because that little bit over goes for times when we have people come in here that we give them a Bible. There also, I know, probably about three weeks ago, we had this lady come in, into church here. And uh, she had on a street ministry. And she says, I've got some other sisters and stuff, and we have a street ministry and whatever. So we piled up, and, and, I, and I gave her a whole stack of books and some Bibles. I said, here, we want you to use these. And she said, are you giving them to us? I said, well, to be honest with you, we're sowing into your ministry. We're sowing because, you see, when you stand before the Lord and everything y'all accomplish, we're going to get credit for it. Let me back up and explain that a little bit. Again, when I was at v- VT... I was on a Wednesday night leading praise and worship, and I started having a, pre- a testimony service. I just said, we're going to testify and give God some glory here. Anybody got to tell what God's done? Well, Charlie, Charlie Henson jumps up in the back, and he starts rattling off all these things. He had gone and prayed for this man, and God had touched him, and he had gone and done this, and God was really just all these things. And I was just sitting there amazed, going, wow. Wow, thank you, God, for using Charlie. And the Lord spoke to me, and he says, you know, you're, getting, you're going to get credit for that too. And I said, what? He said, yeah, you're going to get credit for that too. He says, remember, you prayed for Charlie this morning. You prayed that I would bless him and use him. 
And what you did was you, you put your words in spiritually in agreement with him and his life. And everything that he's done today, you have partnered with it. And so everybody he's been able to bless today, it's going to be that. I'll get credit too. Wayne, you also bless them whatever. And, go. and i tell you what, when I stand before the Lord, I'm redeemed by the blood. But I also want to thank God for all the credit points I can get. Because he deserves it. You know, because I want a big crown so I can throw it at his feet. I really don't care about wearing crowns, but I would like to have a big one for God I can give him. So I tell you, when you're sowing, not only are we sowing financially, not only are we sowing uh, into our kids' lives and people's lives, and not only are we sowing in the bookstore here, but you sow with your prayers, people. Sowing with your prayers. When you pray, Tomorrow or this afternoon, when you pray this afternoon or today, we pray and we bless Brother Keith. Everything that Brother Keith accomplishes for the Lord, you're partnering with him. Whenever you're putting your money into people's ministry, this is why I say, be careful. Let God lead you how much and when. So let my faith. Somebody says, God says, I want you to send them $75. Well, God, I can really only comfortably give 20 but if God lays upon your heart 75, pull her out and send her, honey. Because God's going to got something blessed and waiting for you. And he'll always take care of it. He's never failed. But sow into the lives of the brothers and sisters, people. Pray. God will bless. God is blessing. God is doing. That's the way he works on things. Okay, Matthew 25 and 40. Says, and the king will answer them. I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Sowing. You know, even give them a cup of cold water in the name. Sowing. Whatever you did, you have sown it unto the Lord. I'll tell you what, people, that's big. That's heavy. Now, not only do we give our time and we do this, but also, you remember the story of the little, that, that God had a need there when, when they were praying for all the people, 5,000 men that were hungry and they needed something to eat. And there was what, one little boy during one of those times of the feeding, a little boy that had what, uh, three fishes and four loaves or two loaves or something like that, had fish sandwiches. Someone said it must have been tuna fish to feed that many. Because <laughs> people don't like tuna fish, you know. You feed 5,000 with tuna fish. But anyway, whatever the fish, the little boy was sowing. The little boy didn't mention that he really prayed the prayer to bless the fish. He didn't break them up. He didn't send them out. He didn't distribute. You know, he might have helped what do those things. But the word doesn't say. The thing is, he met the supply. And this is why it's important to sow. How many want to be a me on the mission field? Ooh. Mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Bless him, Lord, and may it be so. <laughs> Sometimes our part is not being able to perform whatever. Sometimes it's supplying the need for somebody else to do it. That's part of sowing too. 
Whenever we help our brothers and sisters, whenever you do something for some of these teenagers, you, you send them to camp or you give them something that they need, even though they can't afford it, they'll take it and go. We've done that with some books, too, from the bookstore. Those Bible stuff. We're hitting the streets. Well, good, take these. We bless you. Providence is buying into your ministry. It's, it's, it's blessing you that God will turn around and bless us. So we bless, bless others. So if you don't have faith, then have faith for the material. John 4, 37 and 38. For in this case, the saying is true. We got a true saying here. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored and you have benefited from their labors. And people, we're sitting rear right now from the labors because somebody else had a vision and worked and sowed to be able to have a facility here to glory God. That's their sowing. They have sown. One sows and another reaps. Now, I've been in churches and I've been guilty of it a lot, of trying to steal people from other churches. <laughs> Maybe y'all have never done that. <laughs> but you've probably known people that did. <laughs> and I've also seen people saved in a church and the church got mad with them because the God sent them somewhere else. Literally get mad with them. And fall out with them. Because they took it personal. They have rejected us. After all we've done, they've rejected us. We've got to be careful on that. We've got to learn to sow. Instead of stealing people, we need to grow our own and let God send them. But, Second uh, Corinthians 10, 10 through 12. And I need the Benji, please. Excuse me, not 10 through 12, 10 through 6, 10, 6 through 9. <laughs> oh, it's the spirit, honey. <laughs> it's going out. <laughs> and we are ready to punish any disobedience. Once your obedience is complete, look at what is obvious. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself of this. I think I have given the wrong scripture here. Unless I can really come up with a way to tie this in. Uh, I think it's the first Corinthians. It must be first. Let's try. For... Ten. Try the first uh, Corinthians ten. Maybe it's that one. Well, we're ready to punish. We definitely relate to that one, can't we? We're ready to do a little sewing into it. Uh, can you give us 1 Corinthians? Let's see. Maybe it'll fit a little bit better into that one. Ooh. Well, don't be sewing. That's <laughs> <was> like, so. <laughs> so what? <laughs> nope. Uh, I, think, I think I must have... <laughs> Whoa, boy, it's getting better. <laughs> we don't want to tempt God, so don't sow him some things. Uh, basically, what that, basically, what, what, somewhere in that area, 
<laughs> that makes you really want to read it now, doesn't it? Like, that's a, ooh, that's got tidbits in it. I want to check that one out. Well, when you're checking out the tidbits of, of 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 10 and 6 and, and whatever, he's telling us again that, that we should bless everybody and, and sow into baby, baby. He didn't use the term so much sow, but sow into everybody's life. So make them what they can be, but allow God to use. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, we don't need to be. We need to be building people up. That's sowing people. I'm, I'm getting there now. I'll just jump right there. Now, <laughs> the one who, thank you, Sister Janie, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed. And we know that the, that the provider comes from God. He's the one that puts it in our hands. We're just his stewards. He says, he will multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Okay, go ahead. Uh, As you are enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. In other words, it's going to bring about a glorification of God. That's the goal. That's, that's what it's all about. This is my buddy, Benji boy. Aren't you, Benji? Benji here looks like a typical little boy, and he is. And I could go in the grocery store and maybe, you know, one, two people may say, hey, cute little baby. Oh, he's a good baby. And he's sitting there, you know, he's doing those things. But I've learned, I started back with Levi, and I learned that if you'll put a hat on him, because a lot of little kids won't wear hats. But I've trained Benji B to wear a hat. And Benji B is transformed into this little darling that will wear a hat. And all these women know, kids don't like to wear hats. How did you get him to do that? I can take him, and, and I proved to Hunter the other day. Hunter went to Brunswick with me, and we went into Publix. And I said, now you watch. You watch what happens. I put him in the buggy, and he's just mind. We're minding our own business. All these ladies and people stop. And they look at him and say, you are so cute in that hat. That's the truth, isn't it? Yes, it is. And they, and they say, he is so cute. And they'll, and they'll say, you're the cutest little boy. You don't just want And just make over him. They are sowing confidence into his life. In fact, I had one lady in public to pull her buggy off about from, here to, about from here to Brother Keith. And she just sat there watching. And she said, oh, excuse me, I just want to look at him. He's just so cute. That's after she'd already come by and talked about cute. She pulled over and just watched him. And everybody that walked by, I'm talking about everybody. People who had to, even had youngs would say, he has the cutest little boy hat. He's just so cute. You're just so cute. And I told him, I said, look, with this little uh, dap daddy hat, ain't no black can go by without speaking to him. And that's the truth. A black cannot go by without speaking to him because this is part of their culture. And they love it. And they will speak to him. And he'll have good, this youngin will have good confidence about people because people will be talking good things about him so if you have kids get them a hat put it on them take them shopping 
And you'll have people blessing them, people sowing into them, building their self-esteem up. You know, they may you know, hide for a little bit, but they'll peep around and smile because people are now speaking into them and responding to them. You see, when we have children, I have the physical responsibility part of the time of feeding him, making sure that he has proper nutrition going in him. I'm sowing stuff into his life. I also have a spiritual responsibility of verbally blessing him, sowing blessings into his life. And I also have the responsibility of correcting him when I have him. Discipline him, sometimes spanking those legs, sometimes putting him in the ladybug for time out, sometimes other things, but that's my responsibility too. And I'm sowing, sowing, sowing. And people, somebody will be sowing to the, to the kids is not allow them to say, I'm afraid. Boy, when they say, I'm afraid, honey, it comes all over. You say, you are not afraid. You may be concerned, but you're not afraid. We don't walk in fear. And I've tried to teach them that spiders are our friends. The ones that are not our friends are the ones that are under things in the dark, like black widows and recluse. But the ones in the garden are our friends because they eat mosquitoes. I give them reason and bless. And so, and, and, and you give them verbal blessings. We bless them. And stuff with fear and stuff that we don't want to see in them. Fighting and carrying on that stuff we don't We don't put up with it. Don't put up with it. So, don't put up with it. If you'll do it, It'll pay off. Just be consistent. You're investing in a child's talent is sowing. Teaching them is sowing. Teaching them to eat adult foods is sowing. And I learned this. I learned if you want a kid to eat something like grapefruit or something that's not quite so good, just ignore them. Just get you a plate and sit on the floor and start eating. And they'll come up there. What you doing? Uh, I'm eating. I'm eating broccoli. You probably wouldn't like this. So just, just going, this is adult food. This is big boy food. And I did this with Levi many times. If I go, I can eat it. I said, nah, you wouldn't like this, Levi. I hear him preparing to sow. Sowing is into him. I can take it. So I remember giving him like grapefruit. Boy, when he had grapefruit, he looked like he was shouting to the Lord. He was like, whoa. And, but he came back. He, I said, you didn't like it, did you? He says, no, I can eat it. I can eat it. And he did it because he had pride. We assure him. You give them the assurance. You sow confidence into them. And that's what we need to do to one another. Sow confidence into our brothers and sisters. Hang in there. You can do it. I know this South Georgia weather just burns you up. And I know you sweat. Sweat like a horse. But that's all right. We love you and you're blessed because you're here. Encourage them. Don't agree with them. Because she's having problems with the weather. Saying, oh, this weather's killing me. Oh, yeah, it kills me too. No, no, no. Just say, ah, you're just tough. You can take it. It'll be be winter soon. Fall's coming. Find it and turn it around. Because you're going to find enough people that's going to be blabbing out. And this is spiritual sowing. Into the spirit realm. Because when we're talking and things you can't see, it's going to the third heavens. It is working for the glory of God. It's releasing things. That's why. Do you know so what, what I, read, I read? That Satan is supposed to no longer be able to go before he gets cast out of heaven and can't go before the Lord making accusations. But he's the father of all lies and the accuser of the brethren. Do you know how he gets the message up to God and makes the accusation about 
my brother or sister, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to make accusation against Lloyd, if, I, if, if he wanted to make accusation against Lloyd, he'll use me. Oh, that Lloyd, he, he's so-and-so and so-and-so. He shouldn't do so-and-so. He's done so-and-so. So, that's accusations. The accuser of the brethren, that's the things that the devil's whispering. He's sowing into my ear, and I begin to sow it into the spirit realm, and it goes up before God. And Satan never even has put a foot in heaven because we have authority to come before the throne. And our words come before the throne. And if we accuse the brethren, it's coming before the throne. I said, wow, that's powerful. But yet we think it's just, well, just a little gossip. Everybody gossips. You know, a little gossip never hurt anybody, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. We try to justify it. People, it's time we grow up and know. This is what I'm trying to say. Open your eyes at what you're sowing. We, we need to be sowing, saying prayers for Lord and building Lord up. And Lord's getting down, building him up. Say, Lord, you can take it. Don't worry. You'll get over this one. Now, I'm sure there'll be more, but you'll get through this one. You know, we, in fact, I just told you that kind of that this morning. You know, you don't, you don't make them think you're totally out. You're like, well, there's no problem. Just believe the Lord and go on. No, Jesus says, don't do that. He says, uh, that's just like telling them when somebody comes hungry to your house, just say, Bill, be blessed, be full, and goodbye. No, we need to, to do our best to, to meet whatever need they have. It's in our power to do it, to sow into them. But it's also uh, to, to, uh, to um, help them formulate and get the mind in the right place. Okay, one other thing I just want to, I'm just going to jump over here. I had much more to say unto you, like Paul writing somebody, I had much more to write unto you, but I don't have the time to do it at this time, so therefore, okay. That's what he kind of said, so I'm just going to jump to that. I'm going to leave you two things. One thing is, Dottie Rambo wrote a song. And the name of it was, Everybody's Got a Kingdom. And one of the best lines I really love, she says, Looks like everybody's got a kingdom. Playing God and putting people down. She says, But if it makes you happy to talk about me, tell it to the Lord, for he's big enough to handle all my problems, and in his own sort of way, he'll take care of me. If you sweep around your own back door, you'll find that you've got all and more. But please don't judge me. Okay. The other thing I want to say is, God uh, allowed me to kind of recondition one of the favorite verses in the Bible there, John 3.16. Listen to how this one goes. For God sowed love... Into the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, if you say that fast, people won't even know you changed it. For God sowed love into the world. So people, sowings, I hope you, you start to think that everything you're doing is somehow you're sowing. Indirectly, directly, with your words, with your actions, with your prayers, with your faith. With every part. So when, when you think of sowing from now on, just know that that's a big subject. And we need to study to show ourselves approved on it. Because the Word says, tells us that, that hear, listen, it's important.
No, all you can about sowing because you're sure doing a lot of it. So far and so good. And I bless you in the name of the Lord.